All right, we're about four hours out from the announcement of Zena Amozalu, four-star edge out of Allen, Texas. And what did we say 24 hours ago yesterday? Hey, some interesting things going on here. Uh, Texas still probably the leader here, but let's wait and see going on to the evening to see if any new predictions roll in. About a handful of predictions did roll in Parker Thune, and they were all to the University of Texas. So, yeah, a small, a short amount of time to say, well, you know, don't get your hopes up too much. Just monitor this thing. Yeah, it feels like it's going to be Texas in about four hours. Yeah, which OU was the smokescreen for a kid that has a brother that plays at UT, which we talked about yesterday, right? It's really, really, really hard to split brothers up, especially across the Red River, for the same reasons that it was always very unlikely Eli Bowen would go to Texas. Regardless of what inside Texas thought, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense for Zena Mosley to be headed to UT tonight. So, yeah, I expect that one to go the Longhorns way. 6'4", 220, like Parker said, older older brother plays at UT. And would you take a Mosley in this class? Yes, absolutely you would. Um, again, like a, a highly productive player, uh, edge position, but it feels like you're going to get Danny Okoye here pretty soon. So this doesn't feel like a like a, a huge loss because of the players that you're going to get at that exact same position. I feel like you're still going to be okay at the edge position in this class. Well, you, you talk about highly productive with Zena and Mosley. The interesting thing is he actually didn't record a single sack last year as a junior. So I and listen I. I'm not trying to crap on a kid that's in all likelihood is picking Texas, but I think even if he were to end up at Oklahoma, whether tonight or down the road, that's a guy that probably doesn't contribute as immediately as some of your other edge guys in this class, edge targets in this class. Williams Nwaneri is obviously a day one guy. Danny Okoye is going to have that chance. Uh, Nigel Smith is definitely a guy that's going to contribute as a true freshman. I don't know if you can say the same for Zena Amoslu. He's a little bit more of a developmental project. And so you you would take a guy like that, right, especially if you do have several day one contributors at that same position. But it's not a guy on signing day that we're going to look back on and say, yeah, oh, yeah. That, was a, that was a huge miss. Yeah, you'll be – Because you got players at that spot. You'll you're, be you're stung a lot more about Peyton Pierce going to Ohio State or Bryant Wesco going to Clemson than – Zeno Mosley going to Texas. Yeah, that's the thing, though. When we talk about this uh, defensive line class that I think is going to end up looking elite, uh, I don't think it's going to take a long time for those guys to see the field with the turnover on the defensive line from this year to next year, man. Um, Nigel Smith will have a chance to play next year. David Stone will play next year. Danny Okoye, I think, would have a great chance to play as well. So um, you always needed a, a very good defensive line class, but especially – your first year in the SEC, and a new-look defensive line like uh, you're going to have next year. So it's, uh, it's, it's the right time, the right time to have your best D-line class in a while. And I guess if we were trying to project as to what uh, this defensive line class is going to look like, I don't think that you're going to get any decommits here. So everyone that you already have committed I think is going to be there on signing day. It's really about who do you add between now and mid-December, and I think you're adding Danny Okoye. I think you're adding Nigel Smith, and is there anyone else that we would project to be a part of this class on the defensive line? As of right now, no. I no, I mean, so. you can't say williams Winery right now, right? But it feels like it's Okoye, it's Smith you feel good about, and then after you get those two, all right, let's see if you can flip williams Winery or not. Yeah, and if, if you don't flip Winery, you still got a really good class. 
if you do flip Winair, you probably got the best defensive line class in the country. So, win-win. 405 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Hit us up, 405-651-3439. Patty Gasso already winning Recruiter of the Month with landing the number one pitcher and catcher for 2025 in back-to-back days. Yeah, I mean, Miguel Chavis, Patty's doing work right now on the recruiting trail. All right, the number one pitcher and the number one catcher for 2025. Uh, they're going to have some work to do if they're going to have to, if they're going to surpass Patty for the uh, K-Ref Recruiter of the Month. She's off to a uh, nice lead so far. If Grant Bricks commits, it's Bill Biedenboe over everybody. Like I said yesterday, Bricks to me wins September. Unless like when Neri were to flip way sooner than any of us anticipate, which I don't think is going to happen. But uh, based on the timelines... I think Bill Biedenboe is who I would project as your recruiter of the month for September right now. Eric in Dallas says, if OU is able to flip Williams Winery, who is more who is more impactful, he or Colin Simmons for Texas? That's a really good question, Eric in Dallas. That is a really good question. I hmm, that's tough because I don't think there's an obvious answer one way or the other. Equally, very impactful uh, for both OU and Texas. Both of those two five I, stars. Here's what I think. I think it would probably be Colin Simmons simply because Texas would be in such a rush to get Simmons on the field that they'd give him a ton of snaps automatically as a freshman. Whereas for Winery, yeah, I think he would contribute as a freshman at Oklahoma, but I don't feel like Brent Venables and his staff would go, hey, here's the starting job. All right, They're going to roll with the guys with experience. They're going to roll with our Mason Thomas and P.J. Adabare and – Ethan Downs and guys like that that have been through the fire before they're going to lean on Williams Winery for probably as many snaps as Colin Simmons is poised to get at Texas. Nine one eight. Here's a blast from the last question: Did Jacoby Johnson ever find his car that got stolen last year? Yeah, remember that? Was that at a Mustang home game where his car was stolen last year? Jacoby Johnson's. We we were trying to find him an NIL deal on the show to where he could get a replacement vehicle. I feel like it happened at a, like a home Mustang football game last year. I hope Jacoby Johnson has had his new car, because that was like a year ago when, when that happened. Gosh, yeah. I, did, I don't recall any resolution to that situation. But hopefully with as many folks have a significant hand in the NIL happenings in and around Oklahoma, he's, he's provided for. Cherokee Sooner, I love that NIL idea, Bricks Beef. It'll make you blank a brick. <laughs> oh, gosh. Is, is there a player in this class where there's more um, that, that's so far committed? Or he's not committed, I guess. But is there a player currently committed or at least on the board that has more fun NIL ideas than Grant Bricks? No, probably not. I don't not. think so, man. For what, like the last name and what he's kind of all about, I think the the possibilities are the possibilities are endless for a kid that could probably care less about NIL. No joke, man. Like if an NIL ne- if the NIL moved the needle for him at all, gosh, that'd be a slam dunk for Oklahoma. Yeah. No, oh, it'd be it'd be amazing, man. <laughs> it'd be fantastic. Um okay, big weekend in college football coming up. Uh week 2 slates a lot better than the week 1 slate and the week 0 slate. And Rivals Factor Fiction kind of shifted to some of the games nationally this week. And one of the questions was, is Colorado a contender for the Pac-12? And they say that's a fact. 
Are we getting over oh, our gosh. skis a little yes. bit here? Yes. That Colorado's Look. a contender in the Pac-12. Oh, that game told us virtually nothing about Colorado other than the fact that Dylan Edwards is really fast, which we already kind of knew. We have no idea whether Colorado is simply that good or whether TCU is simply that bad or whether it's a combination of both. Is Colorado a contender to win the Pac-12 conference? I mean, in the loosest, most technical sense of the term, yes, everybody in the Pac-12 There's is like at least seven one or eight right teams now. that I might consider a contender in the Pac-12 no, Nobody right in the Pac-12 has a loss right now. So if we're going by the technical definition, yes, Colorado is a contender for the Pac-12. Would I project them to even make the Pac-12 championship right now? No, I would not. No, 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 no. I, I would not. Though uh, the schedule looks a lot more favorable than what it did before the year. Now that they beat TCU, it's, huh, and they'll probably beat Nebraska, or at least they're favored to. Colorado State, uh, Arizona State's not very good. Stanford's not very good. So maybe they'll have a chance to, uh, to go bowling. But, but let's just say that Colorado has a much better year than anyone projected. Really, the question is, Colorado being good, how much is that a threat to OU football Cruton, which is what we really care about here. How does Dion and Colorado being good affect OU? Probably if it does at all. not much of a threat. Not Colorado and Oklahoma generally have not been recruiting a lot of the same guys, at least not seriously. So there's very little overlap right there. By the way, several texters brought it up, but we totally overlooked David Stone. One listener in that one eight says, "Duh, Stone, we got pot shops everywhere. Mm. He'll make a killing." Two different types of NIL deals there for David Stone and Grant Bricks. Is Steely going to get Daniel Akinkumi a deal with chips and ale at Riverwind, says a texter. I'm, I'm sure he could pull that off. Though his uh, his graphic today had uh, pancakes in it. Did you see that from Daniel Akinkumi? Yes, Ock I and did, Kumi? yeah. Let's go. Pancakes and the Union Jack. I mean, Daniel Akinkumi, how can you not get behind that one? Do they, uh, call, do they call pancakes pancakes in Great Britain? You know what? I think uh, on your next Under the Visor podcast, if you have him, uh, you, you had him on once, yeah, correct? Yeah, investigative journalism. It's just a very, it's a very unique uh, graphic because in the bottom left, it just says, I need more pancakes. <laughs> just like totally, totally random on the bottom of that graphic. No, that's that's awesome. Uh, the only person with better NIL possibilities is General Booty, says a texture in the 918s. Well, he's already been cashing in on that one. Uh, from the 918 as well, Colorado has no competitive depth. Attrition will get to them at some point. Big Rick and Owasso does ask, what would Colorado's offense do to USC's defense? And that vice is, versa. That is an appetizing prospect. That may be an 84-82 football game when we get to that one in a few weeks. <laughs> okay, so I asked you the question um, – if Colorado gets good in a hurry, how does that affect OU football recruiting? I, I don't think a lot. I, I think maybe there's one or two kids a cycle where all of a sudden OU's locked in a recruiting battle with, with Colorado. I don't think it's gonna, going to happen a ton. But when Colorado was good in the 90s, I do remember a lot of big-time players they had from the state of Texas. Like They recruited the state of California. But it felt like that Houston area, they tried to get in, into that area as well. I'm sure Dion wants to get into the state of Texas as much as possible. But I still don't view, even if Colorado were to get elite in a hurry, I don't think OU and Colorado are recruiting rivals anytime soon. I, I, I don't think that that's the case. Stillwater Sooner says, they don't eat pancakes in the UK. They eat bread pudding and haggis. Oof. Haggis. Yeah, haggis. So, we, we should put that. I, I, I love haggis down on the bottom of the, uh, of the uh, edit next time. Somebody said everything bread-related is just a crumpet over there. 
Jay in Tulsa is doing the Lord's work. He said, I found the vid of Williams Winery rocking OU gloves for the third week in a row and posted it to a few Mizzou boards. Needless to say, the Mizzou meth heads that actually have internet access were not happy. Is he just trolling us with, with all of this? I mean, what really, what's, what's going on here? To do it once a few days after, but then to do it again and to do it again? Like, come on, man. Like, what, what are you, what, what, what's going on here? To, to do it once is one thing, it makes a statement, but every game that you've played since the announcement, you've worn OU stuff. What, yeah. what's, is he just trolling all of us? I, I, don't, I, I don't really know what to think about it at this point. Hey. It's like the more times that it happens, the more I'm like, okay, dude, what are you really up to here? Yeah, look, everybody knows my opinion. So where I stand is really no mystery as far as that whole fiasco. 405-651-3439 is the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, okay, we got a Rivals National recruiting guy on Jordan Seaton, Eddie Pierre-Louis, and King Joseph Edwards as well. More and more predictions continue to roll in for Danny Okoye. We'll hit all that and more coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas Thune live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Ref Army listening nationwide today via the free KREF app. Just search KREF in the App Store. Springfield, Missouri is tuned in today. West Monroe, Louisiana. Texas City, Texas. New Haven, Connecticut. Tacoma, Washington. Elk Grove, California. Olathe, Kansas. Fayetteville, Arkansas. Small Town of the Day. Seminole, Oklahoma. That's brought to you by Affordable Door, the official garage door company of the Oklahoma Sooners. Is it Jerry Hamilton or is it Gary Hamilton? I don't know. Hmm. Let's go with Gary Hamilton for the time being. Tomorrow it'll probably be Jerry Hamilton. He is one of the many that has another prediction in for Danny Okoye. And I think anyone that has any sort of a prediction, Crystal Ball, future cast, has a prediction now for Danny Okoye to to end up in OU's class. Loco Ohio says, still can't believe we have all this momentum for Okoye. Seemed like yesterday the interest was dead. Yeah, we've we've talked about this a lot, right? That they're... There was definitely a time where it looked like Danny Okoye wasn't going to give OU a chance. So, yes, it's surprising that they have all this momentum. Parker, I think it's really surprising. They have all this momentum in early September. Like, in the, in the real time frame of when he got back in with OU, it's like two and a half months' time, it feels like. Two and a half, three months to where he gives OU a chance, and now they are considered the heavy leader for the four-star edge. Like, this, this happened rather quickly, man. Once he gave OU a chance, they, they kind of ran with their opportunity. Miguel Chavis is that dude, and people are finding out. The Danny Okoye pull would be one of the – like it, it, it wouldn't be quite as impressive as Colton Vosick last year, but at least this one would last till signing day. So all told, would, it probably would, would be so. the most impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you would think so. Uh, rivals top uh, players in the state, by the way. OU got a chance here – to land four of the five. Okoye is the number one player in the state. Zadavian Sims, the number two player in the state. He ain't he ain't going to OU. He's been committed to Oregon for a while. Michael Patterson McDonald, number three, committed to OU. Devin Jordan, four. That's what, an OU-TCU battle Pretty right much, now? yeah. And then Xavier Robinson at five, who is an OU commit as well. So you close with Okoye, you get Devin Jordan, you're going to land four of the top five prospects in the state. That ain't bad. No, nah, that'll fly. You get four out of five every year, you're doing your job within state lines. You agree with that top five, by the way? Okoye, one. Sims, two. Michael Patterson, McDonald, three. 
Devin Jordan four, Xavier Robinson five. I like the the four players in front of Xavier Robinson are are all really really good. I think I would just have Xavier Robinson ranked at least one or two spots higher. I, I think he's that legit. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably, I'd honestly send Xavier Robinson as high as three in all likelihood. And another guy, another guy that is off the podium right now, but I think is going to have a good enough senior year to put him in contention for top five status in the state of Oklahoma. Your boy Andy Bass. Yeah, seriously. I mean, if he continues to have six total touchdowns and games this year which he's probably not going to be far off every single week, uh, he's going to be making a move close to the top five. I, I, I do agree with that. Andy Bass is one of the most exciting players in the state. Who He, he got a comparison uh, earlier in the show today. Eric uh, Crouch. Yeah, Eric, Eric Crouch, Heisman Trophy winner from Nebraska. He won't be playing quarterback at OU, but um, that, was, that was an interesting comparison to uh, – to, to say the least. That was that was that was very interesting. Uh okay, four oh five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line. Doug at Norman says what's the nature of Danny Okoye's injury? He finished his last game sidelined wearing a boot. Uh that I I, I don't know. I don't know what the nature of Okoye's injury is. He wasn't wearing a boot while on the Oklahoma visit Saturday. so Can confirm. I saw him after the game. He looked like he was walking around just fine. Yeah, nothing nothing particularly serious, to my knowledge at least. I don't know what the exact injury is, Doug and Norman. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's say, let's go uh, 918. If BV wouldn't take Wesco or Sammy Brown after decommitting from Clemson after a few losses – why would he consider taking Williams Winery after multiple Mizzou losses? Aren't they the same scenario? Uh, hold up. Did anyone say that BV wouldn't consider taking I, Wesco or Sammy Brown? I was about to say, what, what did I miss? Yeah, I, I've never heard that. <laughs> Trust me. If Bryant Wesco and or Sammy Brown wanted to come to Oklahoma? I'm wondering if that's a thought. Remember with the whole Jaron Canick thing? Wasn't there a thought initially that Brent was – having a hard time or was going to have a hard time taking him. He maybe felt bad about it a little. I mean, that's a different scenario because he yeah. was just coming from Clemson. Yeah, if Wesco and Sammy Brown wanted to decommit, and I'm not saying that they are at all, but uh, Brent, would take, Brent would take that commitment. Uh, yes, one of the evergreen questions on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is OU in on Wit Edwards that's a from once Wagoner. A week te- that's a once-a-week text. It's almost a once-a-day text. No, OU is not pursuing and in all likelihood will not pursue Whit Edwards from Wagoner. Uh, ultimately, they just – honestly, it's not – don't take this as a player comp per se, but there are some similarities to the Malachi Coleman situation there in that Oklahoma simply doesn't know where Whit Edwards would fit because they see him as too narrow for tight end – and obviously, they are chock full at wide receiver right now. Yeah, uh, chapstick. I wonder if BV would take anyone away from Dabo as far as decommitting. Yeah, we just addressed that one. That prop. Yes, he would. If it was Sammy Brown or Bryant Wesco, if it was a five star wide receiver that decided to change his mind, I'm sure even OU would make room for a five star wide receiver, even though that they're loaded at that position right now. They they would say. They would say yes. 405, <laughs> any updates on the tight end that decommitted from Notre Dame? Yes, he was uh, He was on a visit last weekend. 
He was on campus. You're talking about Nate Roberts? Yeah. I yeah, and look, as I've as I've said time and again, I do expect that Nate Roberts ends up in OU's twenty twenty five class. Still water sooner is trolling. He said, Is OU in on Lane Jenkins? Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, from the they A- were at one point, and now who knows where Lane Jenkins is going to end up. He had it made, dude. From the 813, uh, why he asked that question about Wesco and Brown is because Parker mentioned you wouldn't want to take a kid who would decommit after a team has one loss early in the season. Yes, and that is true. However, if the wheels fall off at Clemson, which was what that text was predicated on, we're talking several losses to the point where there are legitimate questions as to what the future of Clemson football looks like under the direction of Dabo Sweeney. At that point, yeah, you, you don't fault a kid for decommitting under those types of circumstances. And in those types of circumstances, OU would have no problem being opportunistic. Uh, okay, Candy from Norman says, King Joseph Edwards is one of my favorite recruits. Such a special young man who has a charity that donates to uh, coach to people in need. He seems like such a good fit at Oklahoma. I beg him often to come and visit. So John Garcia Jr. has predictions in for Jordan Seaton, Eddie Pierre-Louis, and King Joseph Edwards. I don't feel like we brought up King Joseph Edwards a whole lot. We, we did earlier in the cycle but not so much here uh, recently. Yeah, where's that kid going? I haven't been paying attention. South Carolina is uh, where okay. uh, J- uh, John Garcia Jr. thinks. That but, but OU was mentioned in the uh, paragraph blurb. Really? There. Yeah, that surprised And that's why I brought him up, because he was mentioned there, but that surprised me. Uh, he thinks Eddie Pierre-Louis to UCF, and he doesn't think that they're getting Jordan Seaton either, for, for what that's worth. Uh, from that 918 listener that asked the question about Wesco and Brown. Respectfully, Parker, you said yesterday if Brown or Wesco decommitted, they weren't the type of guys BV would want anyways after decommitting because of a few losses. No, I said that in response to the one Clemson loss because there were folks asking, well, are we going to go get Sammy Brown and Bryant Wesco now that Clemson lost to do? A kid, a kid decommits off of one loss. Yeah, that's a kid that's bailing at the first sign of adversity. You don't want that kid in your locker room. But it's a different situation if the snowball rolls downhill and Clemson loses four or five games and suddenly uh, there's a fire underneath Dabo amongst the media and Clemson is enjoying their worst season in a decade plus. Yes, at that point, again, you can't fault a kid for wanting to reevaluate. Your boy Josh Pate uh, thinks Dabo's got an interesting decision after the year. Either fully embrace the transfer portal like everyone else, or get out of the coaching profession. Well, he, I mean, he, he thinks that he hates the direction of college football, and he's not the only one. I know there's a lot of us that don't exactly love the direction the sport is headed, but he he got to embrace the transfer portal because everyone else is. And I don't necessarily disagree with this take. It's Dabo either get on board with what everyone else is doing, or get out of this profession if you hate the direction of it so much. In the modern era of college football, if you are not recruiting and developing literally better than anybody else in the country, and your talent retention is not better than literally everybody else in the country, you're going to have to embrace the transfer portal. You will have to use the transfer portal. And so, yes, right now, Dabo Sweeney is a dinosaur. And that doesn't mean he has no future in the collegiate ranks or that – Clemson is dead as a program. There is room. There is time. There is space to adapt. But if he does not adapt, yes, I think what Josh Pate is saying and what many are saying at this point is 100% correct. Clemson is going to struggle to keep pace 
with the other powerhouse programs in college football if they are unwilling to utilize. You know the player that keeps being brought up to, and this is why you've got to embrace the transfer portal if you're Dabo Sweeney, and it makes sense. Keon Coleman, who transferred from Michigan State to Florida State, who had a heck of a game against LSU, but at see, Florida State gets a player like that. Clemson, Dabo, you're unwilling to use the portal. Maybe you could have had a few extra players to the level of Keon Coleman. Yeah, no joke. You don't think Florida State's odds at competing for a college football playoff berth aren't much higher with uh, Keon yes. Coleman on the roster yes. as, they, as they were without Keon Coleman on the roster? Yeah. Frisco Sooner said, yesterday I read where somebody said, Dabo's refusal to adapt to the portal is like BlackBerry's response to the iPhone. Why would anyone want a phone without a keyboard? And that is dead on balls accurate right there. One more from the 918. Will any of our recruits gain another star this football season? That's from Bebop. Um, I don't know about you. I don't see anyone being elevated from a four-star to a five-star that's currently committed. But I do think there's a chance that at least one is elevated from a three-star to a four-star. I I think Andy Bass is a four-star player. I do. Wyatt Gilmore is a four-star on some sites. I bet you he's a consensus four-star when it's all said and done. Uh it, Basically, like, here's the deal. There are only a handful of guys in Oklahoma's class that are three stars across the board. A lot of them have their fourth star by at least one recruiting service. I guess the only consensus three stars right now would be uh, Josh Isosa, Brennan Zerbrug, Andy Bass, Dozy Ezukanma, and then KJ Daniels. So, and I would say Doziezukama and Andy Bass, yeah, best chance to get a fourth star. Would agree with that. Those are the two. Those are the two that I would keep my and, eye on. And not only are those the two, I, I don't know if there's much of a chance for the other ones that you listed there to to get to a fourth star. So if there's anyone, yeah, three star to a four star, not necessarily a four star to a uh, to a five star. Oh yeah, I guess Xavier Robinson is a three star across the board too. Somehow. Oh yeah, yeah that, that that I in my mind that kid is already a four star, which just tells you like. And I don't think my opinion of Xavier Robinson is one that is novel. Oh, I had this down today, and the text line can interact with it. I had underrated prospect in this year's class. I I just – Xavier Robinson at a three-star? I'll I'll take him for the underrated prospect, please. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More OU Cruton next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Are we saying that that's trash talk from Peyton Bowen? Does that does that qualify for trash talk for, eh, from him last night? I wouldn't categorize it as trash talk. I would categorize it as bulletin board material. Giving SMU b- bulletin board material in the ACC-SEC matchup this weekend. <laughs> Gosh, that's so it weird. It really is right, right there on the line of that's trash so talk. Weird. I was like, eh. Trash talk or not? It was it was hilarious, and I'm going to play it at the three o'clock hour, top of the three o'clock hour. But you say bulletin board material, no trash talk. We need to uh, we need to spend some time and find the single best uh, trash talk in program history. Burn orange makes me puke immediately comes to mind from Brian Bosworth. That's probably up there somewhere. Bob um, Bob mentioning the SEC, taking shots at the SEC, but. I don't even know if that was trash talk. That was just kind of truth. Yeah, and what Peyton Bowen said, honestly, if that was trash talk on anybody, it was trash talk on Louisiana Tech. 
I, really, I don't really know whether it was trash talk on SMU, but it undeniably was bulletin board material. Nine, get my boy's trophy back from the 918. Yeah, that's, that's top three for sure. Maybe number one. Florida Sooner says, what about the quarterback at Carl Albert? How is your season going? What is he currently ranked? A four-star? Uh, I saw the highlights of their game against Midwest City last week. Carl Albert's 2-0. and I believe they play at Muskogee uh, this week, but... Uh, looked like they handled Midwest City pretty easily. Uh, yeah, Kevin Sperry's having a nice start to the year, and he's he got a chance to be a five-star by the time it's all said and done once we get to the 2025 class. Is he still ranked as a three-star, or did he get bumped up to a, to a four by Rivals? Yeah, he, he, was, he took a, a huge jump last week in Rivals' updated rankings. Kevin yes. Sperry did. Yes, he did. Still waiting on that jump for Xavier Robinson, though. And I think it's coming, just a matter of when. Uh, 918, gentlemen, please don't roast me. It's just an opinion. Does Xavier Robinson's weight concern y'all? I've seen a couple of game highlights from him this year, and it looks like he's one biscuit away from playing defensive tackle. I, I, does it concern me? No. And I think the reason is because I'd rather have a back who's too large than a back who's too small. Well, and he's not going to be an every down back type of player. He's going to he's going to play, I think, a unique role in the offense. Yeah. And I think I think body body weight or body type, he's going to be he's going to be just fine. Because even like you say, biscuit away from a defensive tackle, I, I still think with the weight that he has, it looks to me like he moves still pretty well, really he moves, well. He moves very well. And again, you're going to need a hammer. You're going to need a hammer out of the backfield. And Oklahoma's got a bunch of backs that can do a lot of things. Caleb Hicks, Dalen Smothers, Javante Barnes, Gavin Sawchuk. Look ahead. You got Taylor Tatum, the class's number one running back coming in the 2024 cycle. But you don't really have a bruiser, a true bruiser. You have one right now in Tawi Walker, but obviously that guy has an expiration date. He's only going to be here, what, one more year? And so at a certain point, you're going to need another guy out of the backfield that you can hand the ball to in goal line situations or short yardage situations, somebody that can just run straight downhill and get you three yards when you need to. And I would think in this strength and conditioning, um, what they have going on up there right now, that even if the staff were to look at him as too heavy, they would they would get him right. They, they get it. They get him right for sure. Uh, 580, any visitors this weekend? I did hear you mention that Christian Thatcher – is going to be in town. Yeah, twenty twenty five backer. Uh, going to get him on the pregame show. That kid's fun. Yeah, that'll be that'll be awesome. Uh, anyone else to any any officials or unofficials in in the twenty twenty four class? Because we brought up yesterday, there's there may not be a whole lot here down down the stretch of the rest of the season. Yeah, obviously a lot of the local kids. Like for instance, Josh Isosa, Andy Bass, Michael Hawkins. Those within Michael reason- Patterson McDonald. Yeah, be Michael here this Patterson yeah, McDonald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys within reasonable driving distance, X Robinson certainly falls into that category as well. With it being a 5 o'clock kick, a lot of the guys locally are going to be able to make the trip up. Uh, as far as uncommitted players, yeah, it's, it's not really an extensive – well, you might have your most recent commit in town on Saturday. And I say might just because, you know, I want to – what do you mean, uh, like most well, recent commit from right now or the most recent commit from let, Saturday? Let me put it this way. There might be a guy there on Saturday that's been in Oklahoma Sooner for all of 24 hours. Hmm. Nigel Smith may be making his way from uh, Melissa, Texas up to Norman, Oklahoma. 
Wouldn't be the first time that he's been up there, uh, been up here. Far from the first. Far time. from the first time. Yeah. I, more and more predictions rolling in, by the way, for uh, for Nigel Smith, and I, and I feel like the 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 people, the experts who are putting in predictions now for Nigel Smith are several weeks late on this one and just trying to bump up that uh, that that future cast and crystal ball average at this point. Because it seems to be common knowledge that Ni- Nigel Smith is going to pick OU uh, coming up on Friday. Do we have a time on that one yet for Nigel Smith? Is he going earlier in the afternoon? Does he? No, it's, right, it's going to be right Friday, before right? his game. It's going to be right before his game. So kickoff is at 7.30 at Melissa. So you can expect a decision, an announcement, probably between 7 and 7.15, I would say. Yeah, it'll be before the game kicks off. Uh, 2025 Union quarterback Shaker Rising got an Oklahoma State offer recently, so he is uh, one of the better players in the states. We'll uh, we'll see if he picks Oklahoma State or not, or what other options that he has on the table. And uh, let me get a few more texts here before we hit a break. Santa John says, "Would BV take Zadavian Sim? Should he decommit from Oregon?" I. That's complicated. Theoretically, I think the answer would be yes. However, there would have to be some, well, for lack of a better word, groveling done. Chris in the 918, Robinson going to be the new Hall, Reynolds, etc. Yeah, OU, um, like, I think a lot of people look at OU as like quarterback U, most likely. I think ESPN had them ranked as quarterback U since the 2000s. But if you look at every single year, essentially, I guess outside of this year, since 2000, you're going to find at least one really good fullback on the team. So fullback, H-back, they've had a really good run at that position for the past 23 years. And is Xavier Robinson the next great there? Well, I, I guess we'll see. But I, uh, I really like the upside in that one, that's for sure. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll close up Locked In next. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Okay, for recruiting purposes... There's some really good games this weekend. For recruiting purposes, who should we root for in some of the bigger games? Nebraska and Colorado, big noon kickoff. Should we root for the Huskers, or should we root for the Buffs? Well, you root for the Buffs for Grant Bricks reasons. Yep. And that's really it? Not so much even Michael Boganowski. I mean, that's that's OU in Kansas State. That's not yeah, yeah, that's, no, no, that's, no, no. that's, that's the, not Nebraska. The only recruit that both of those programs are involved with at this point is root, Grant Bricks. Root so. for Dion, eleven a.m. Uh, for Grant Bricks. That important. A and M in Miami. Uh, I will root for Miami because of uh, personal reasons. I'll root for Miami because of recruiting reasons as well. Good with that one. You're rooting for Texas A and M or for Miami over Texas A and M. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, Okay. correct. Okay, well, I mean, for personal reasons, that surprises me. For recruiting reasons, yes, you want Miami to win that football Texas game. Texas and Alabama, personal reasons, I'll root for Bama. Damn the recruiting reasons, I don't care. The personal reasons are too thick here. Come on, yeah. roll tide, baby. Okay, there you go. And really no other games nationally in terms of uh, recruiting effects I think matter all that much. Tech and, and Oregon, uh, not too much there. Ole Miss and Tulane, no. Uh, Utah and Baylor, no, not Who really. Who does Kansas State play? Kansas State plays, I know they play, oh my god, they play Missouri in week three, by the way, in Columbia. That is going to be, that's going to be tough. Actually, it's not, I'll probably root for Kansas State. K-State plays Troy at home this weekend. 
Troy got three top 25 votes in this latest AP poll. So they were really good defensively is, last year. I don't know how many returners they have from, from last year's team, but Troy was a, a really good defense a year ago. Yeah, that is a team that does not suck. So maybe, yeah, okay, root for Troy. Gunny says, I'll never root for Miami. I hate the convicts. And you know what, Gunny? I would agree with you 98% of the time, but A&M is one of the few exceptions here. Blacktop Billy says, is it Colorado-Nebraska a 10 a.m. game? Locally, it's a 10 a.m. game. And I brought that up a couple of times, Blacktop Billy. It's the biggest game, biggest home game for Colorado in over 20 years, and it's a 10 a.m. local start out there in Mountain Time. Have, have fun with that. Santa John says, by the way, I really appreciate Nigel Smith. No smoke, no mirrors. Seriously. Facts, man. And I wonder if that's why... I hate to say we're taking it for granted. We just no people are taking okay, it for granted because pe- people have. I, I mean, mean, maybe seen, that's a little bit of a reason. I've seen why. posts all over message boards going. When will we get an elite defensive line recruitment that isn't dramatic as all hell? And I'm like, well, you got one in Nigel Smith. Again, you're just taking it for granted. Not only is he is he not dramatic. This is like PJ was really low key last year, um, but Nigel Smith is is has been one of the. Lowest low key defensive line recruits you've had in a while, and I think uh, Nigel Smith might be a uh, a low stressful recruiting on the defensive line that you maybe have for uh, quite some time. Uh, Jim in Arlington, Iowa State at Iowa, the offshore betting bowl. I love that one, Jim. That's definitely the case. Bad Brad in the nine one eight. Hey, what gloves did Williams Winery have on last week? Uh, he had OU gloves on again, apparently. Is uh, is what he had three consecutive times, three consecutive games for Williams Winery that he's had an OU logo somewhere, and, and in some cases, he had the OU cleats and the OU gloves a few days after committing to Missouri. Not trying to get anyone's hopes up here. Not trying to get anyone's hopes up. Just presenting the information that we have uh, after uh, after the past few weeks. So what what should you think moving forward about Williams Winery? Uh, don't get your hopes up, but continue to monitor the situation. I love Ohio Sooners' comment about Troy is the kind of team that Kansas State loses to the week before they beat Oklahoma and North because that happened last year to Tulane, oh, and of course gosh. Tulane was coming off that two and ten season. We had no inclination at that point that they were going to turn out to be a program that would go and win a New Year's Six Bowl. I think I can we think of like, a, I can think of a couple examples. Tulane last year, Arkansas State Arkansas in twenty twenty. Yep. They probably lost to someone else. Let me check uh, 2014 because they won here in 2014. I wonder if they lost to uh, – I remember they lost to North Dakota State one year at home. Uh, surely that's not the year where they ended up winning in Norman after that. So, no, they, uh, they had lost to Auburn at home a few weeks prior, but beat OU um, 2014 in Norman. But Auburn was like top five that year, so that's, that's not that bad. From the 405, Parker, any info on 2025 linebacker Riley Pettyjohn out of McKinney, Texas? First off, that's a kid that I expect to be a five-star. He is really talented. Secondly, he's going to have some viable contenders for his services, and obviously it's a long way to the finish line there. But here is a little nugget that should be of use and worth knowing for OU fans that want to see that kid in Crimson and Cream. His father, Duke Pettyjohn, is a former AFL teammate of one Mike Hawkins Sr. How about that? So The connections are the, right the relationship there goes back nearly two decades. 
and that is one kid and one family that the Hawkins are working very hard to get to Norman. And he himself likes Oklahoma quite a bit. Riley does. So we mentioned Christian Thatcher, the 2025 backer out of Vegas, who is going to be in Norman this weekend. I believe he's a four-star on Rivals. Um, the 2025 class, as we look a little ahead here, got a chance to have a nice little uh, Vegas flair to it yeah. if all uh, all goes according to plan. Christian Thatcher, the linebacker, and then Gorman has three offensive linemen, two rated as a four-star, one rated as a five-star. Is it Douglas Utu, who OU's in on as well? Yeah, he's like the number 13 player in the country or something like that. So if you clean house in Vegas in 25, um, that's going to go a long way into having Maybe another top 10 class. Definitely. And Christian Thatcher, to me, is what Nigel Smith was in the 2024 class for OU's 2025 cycle. Christian Thatcher is the guy that I, he probably will take his time to actually make the decision, but it it's already pretty apparent where he's going to end up. Oh, and you th- – okay, all right. You think it's pretty apparent he ends up at OU. Okay. Yes. Right. I, I am very, very confident that kid is a shooter. Any chance for a silent commit or a public commit this weekend on the table whatsoever? Yeah, eh, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I'll put it this way. There's a reason I, I wanted to get that kid on the KREF pregame show. We've had a pretty high success rate for recruits on the KREF. Brennan Thompson. Have we, have we had anyone that didn't end up at OU? I don't on think the we've K-Ref lost anybody. Show? I don't so, think we've hey, lost anybody. Ronnie Crimson's been getting all the credit here the past couple of weeks. Just saying, we got a pretty good batting average as well with, with guests on the uh, on the pregame show. All right, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked right here on the ref.